Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Wolfgang is filling in for Jess Romero from the Opus Angelorum. Father, thanks for taking time in your schedule to join us today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm happy that you're here every year here at the Sacred Heart Chapel at Virgin Most Powerful to give conferences on the angels and retreats over in Oceanside. So if you're in the area, uh, you always should uh, consider going on retreat. We always have three days in August where you're preaching right now on the Our Lady of Fatima. And Father, that's why I brought you in today. We're going to talk deep about Our Lady uh, and reparation. And I came up with a quote from uh, from a cardinal, Cardinal Seurat, that I think fits right into what we're going to be talking about, how silent Our Lady is. And what Cardinal Seurat says, Silence strengthens our weakness, arms us with patience, restores our courage, and he says, silence is the language of love. Nothing in the world is more important than the silence of God. And I want to tie that into Our Lady because, you know, she doesn't speak that much in the Gospels. But boy, when she does, look out in her example. So we're going to get into that. But before we get into Our Lady of Fatima and the idea of reparation and, uh, and uh, receiving Holy Communion with, with, with uh, reparation, so, and so we're going to get into that. But before we do all of that, I want to read from today's gospel. Today's feast day is St. Bartholomew, an apostle. We'll talk a little bit about him. Here's the gospel, Father, and then I want to get your comment, your commentary uh, to share that gospel. It's gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 45 to 51. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law, and also the prophets. Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from, from Nazareth? <laughs> Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said to him, I wish he could say this to me. He said, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God? You are the King of Israel? Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, that's quite a reading. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, it shows us Nathaniel, even he was a man mm -hmm. without duplicity, yes. he has preconceived ideas, so mm -hmm. preju prejudicial, we could say. And this is all in us, so this is uh, should... Uh, admonish us always to look uh, that we don't have prejudices that are really open. Mm -hmm. He can anything good come out from Nazareth? But the good thing is, and Philip says, "Come and see," and it is really this openness, and there's no duplicity in him. It means he has a heart that is pure, mm -hmm. wants the good, and it's a man of integrity. And in the Beatitudes, our Lord says, blessed are the pure of heart. They will see God. So if somebody has a pure heart, that means really open for the truth, 
God's grace will touch him and transform him. So this is the first thing. There was a great, uh, let's say, collaboration of Nathaniel, and then God could call him, our Lord could call him and work with him. And then um, our Lord, he praises him, and then um, this is a little bit mysterious. Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. It's very difficult to interpret this. He may have had some kind of mystical experience under the fig tree, or he was in big trouble and he felt some kind of supernatural consolation. In any case, our Lord, he is omniscient, he knows this. And then Nathaniel is really touched that our Lord knows him. Right away he sees now this heart-to-heart. The Lord knows him. He knows his heart and he has compassion with him. And he knows him better than Nathaniel himself. So he is open, he has this purity of heart, and then our Lord goes a step further. Now he reminds us of the angel's mission. Mm. And purity has a lot to do with the angelic life. Mm -hmm. The angels are pure, they're immaculate, and they can work in the lives of those who have a pure heart who are open for the truth. If we are closed, the angels are still with us, but they do not reach our heart, our mind. So now our Lord makes this solemn proclamation, amen, amen, I say to you. And when our Lord starts something like this, he says, listen, this is important. <laughs> amen. Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see great, great, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Usually when you hear a commentary on this gospel today or a sermon, they almost never relate to this last sentence because they don't know what to do with it. Mm. But also, even in the church fathers, there's very, very few comment on this last sentence. Mm. But St. Augustine is a very good comment. So he says, uh, how can the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man? The Son of Man, we first think on Jesus. So he is in heaven now. How can he now ascend and descending on the Son of Man? Of course, he's in the Blessed Sacrament, okay? We have a certain understanding, but he's now in heaven. So, And then Augustine finds a solution um, in the story of St. Paul. We find in the Acts of the Apostles when he was on the way to Damascus to imprison the Christians. And suddenly a light flashed from the sky and um, Paul was struck to the, to the ground and then he heard a voice, Jesus. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So Augustine says, he does not say, why do you persecute my followers, my disciples? But he says, why do you persecute me? He was not there. Mm -hmm. So, and then he makes a conclusion, we are all Christ. In baptism, we are incorporated in the body of Christ. And he even says, we are Christ. So in this sense, we can interpret this passage, amen, amen, I say to you, you will see the heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on every disciple of Christ who is baptized. So, and that means the angels are always with us. They are ascending and descending. And of course, the ministry taught us they're descending on us in order to bring us enlightenment. That means they teach us the truth. Actually, uh, Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, teaches that the angel, or the turn of the cross, that 
all enlightenment of truth, that means our supernatural faith, every aspect, all this enlightenment is given to us by means of the holy angels. And this goes even for the Blessed Mother. In the Annunciation story, God did not appear to the Blessed Mother herself, but he sent the angel Gabriel. And Thomas Aquinas also said, it is fitting for the mystery of the Annunciation that it was proclaimed to the Blessed Mother by an angel, because this is the rule established by God, how he brings his will to man, his, uh, his knowledge to man, by means of the angels. And that means when we just take this into account, then we know how close we need to be with the angels, because the more we open ourselves to the angels, the more they can feed us, enlighten us in regards to the truth. It's like a parent and a child. If a child, a little child, is open to mom and dad, it will soak in, you know, the goodness, the knowledge, the presence of the parents. And the more it is open, the more it will profit from this. But if the child is closed, a wall, it will not profit and will put itself in great danger. So we better open ourselves to this influence, this constant feeding, what the angels are doing for us. They feed us constantly with the truth, with the will of God, which they encourage us to have faith, to have hope, to have love. They want to dispel our fear. The first thing the angel said to her after Our Lady was troubled, do not fear, do not be afraid, Our Lady. And also in the other gospel passages, always you see often, do not be afraid, you have found grace. Also Saint Joseph, do not be afraid, you know, to take Mary into your home and so on. Well said. Father, I want people to have your website for your congregation. It's opusangelorum.org. I'm even giving it out their phone number, 330-969-9900. Get closer to your guardian angel. I always love the line that says the unemployment rate for guardian angels is way too high. Put them to work. And that's what you do, and that's what your order does. Let's get on to, if we can, the saint of the day, our big brothers and sisters, St. Bartholomew, apostle, uh, was from Cana in Galilee. And uh, St. Philip brought him to Jesus, who made him one of the 12 apostles. And according to tradition, folks, he preached the gospel in India. Let me see if I can, well, we're going to squeeze Bishop Sheen in when we come back from the break. I want to also thank all of those who are making donations for our monthly matching funds this week. Um, A great deacon out in uh, Chicago just gave us $1,000, which means it's now $2,000. We can go up to $10,000. We're at about $6,500. So that means we still have uh, about $4,000 of more funding that we can get with matching funds. If you want to do that, please go to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151 or just give us a call whenever you want. We're happy to serve you. When we come back... We're going to get the Fulton Sheen quote of the day, and then we're going to get into Our Lady of Fatima today. In other words, talk about what's the message and how it applies to every single person, Catholic and non-Catholic, everyone. Our Lady of Fatima, please pray for us. Stay with us, family. We're going to come back and give you an overview on something about Our Lady that's going to touch your soul. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, Terry Barber here with Father Wolfgang from the Opus Angelorum. I want to put it on the screen right now. If you want to get closer to your guardian angel, 
Uh, there's a website there on the screen at opusangelorum.org. You can check that out. Let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. <laughs> Full sheen ahead. The wisdom of Fulton Sheen doesn't get any better than that. He says, if you do not worship God, you worship something. And nine times out of ten, it'll be yourself. You have a duty to worship God, not because he will be imperfect or unhappy if you don't, but because you will be imperfect and unhappy. Father Wolfgang, I think of the uh, unholy trinity, me, myself, and I, and our culture, I think, is suffering from that worship of themselves rather than turning their attention towards God. So I think, you know, this was written 70 years ago, but nothing's changed in human nature. Yes. Uh, I mean, the angel of Fatima, he uh, really directs us back to God. Absolutely. We have this great prayer in the first apparition where uh, really it is completely God-centered. Amen. And, uh, today uh, we put humanity in the center, and when we do this, we are just doomed to fall. Yeah. And we will uh, come uh, from one downfall into the other and will just spiral up, and it's just one vicious circle. So maybe at the beginning uh, we can direct really our hearts to God. Amen. Just pray the prayer of the angel of Fatima. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love you. And I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. Amen. Father, I want to, uh, that was back in 1916, midsummer when this took place. Can you uh, kind of just, you're, you've been giving talks here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, and you got retreats you're doing over the weekend about Our Lady. Can you kind of give a little overview, but then also talk about communions of reparation that might not be as well known as, as it should be? Yeah, I think that communion, uh, I just had a conference in Texas and San Antonio, uh, 1,300 people were there. Wow. And all good, well-educated Catholics. And then at the beginning of the talk, I asked them, who of you uh, heard about Holy Communion of Reparation and knows how to do it? Hands up. And my estimation is maybe one or two percent raised their hands. Wow. That means probably 90 to 99 percent of Catholics do not know about Holy Communion of Reparation. And... It's not new in Fatima. It goes actually back to the revelations of Jesus to Margaret Mary Alacock, the Apostle of the Sacred Heart. And it was Pius XI who took up a communion of reparation. And I prepared here a quote uh, of Me, While you're getting that quote, I want to take a minute, just mm-hmm. take a quick note. The angel pardon prayer, you know, my God, I believe, I adore, I hope, I love you. I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love you. Three times you say that. This is a little prayer card that the Opus Angelorum gives. And while he's looking for that up, I want to also mention the Holy Trinity. These are just beautiful prayers on their website. Holy Father, excuse me, Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, 
present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and differences with which he himself was offended. And through his infinite merits of his most sacred heart and immaculate heart of Mary, I beg you the conversion of poor sinners. Do you think that's appropriate for today? Oh, it certainly is. Go ahead, Father. I can't find a quote, but oh. I, can, I can paraphrase Okay. Uh, so, and this is an encyclical letter, now. that means it's really teaching of the church. Yeah. So here the Pope, he uh, quotes our Lord uh, speaking to Mark and Mary. Yes. And he first points out our Lord came as a mourner. So somebody who is afflicted, why is God afflicted? That's a mystery. How can God be afflicted? Mm. Who is infinitely happy. Nevertheless, God is love. And, you know, like a father, mother for the child that is in evil, uh, you know, it cannot just be uh, indifferent. Right. So there's a, some kind also, John Paul II points that out. There is a pain in God that is inexpressible and um, which we cannot understand. It unimaginably says, and it goes even to the very heart of the Trinity, he says, because of the sins of man, his children, whom he loves with infinite love. So now our Lord comes to Margaret Mary and he complains that he's offended by so many people, especially those who should be who receive the greatest graces uh, through sacrilegious communions and all kinds of sins. And then uh, the Holy Father goes on to quote our Lord. And then he proposed, our Lord proposed several things to do in order to make up to repair these crimes and to console God. And then he said, and he points out two things as the most pleasing to him. And the most pleasing, number one, was that men should approach the altar and receiving Holy Communion as a communion of reparation. Wow. And the second is that they should um, make a holy hour. So before the exposed Blessed Sacrament, all in reparation. It was actually the origin of the holy hour when our Lord appeared to Margaret Mary and ask her for this hour on Thursday night from 11 to midnight, mm. that she spends this time before the Blessed Sacrament and consoles her God and makes reparation for the crimes of the world. And this is actually the origin of the Holy Hour, and this is also forgotten. So every Holy Hour we make before the Blessed Sacrament should always have this element of making reparation. I'm here for those who are not here, those who do not love you, who do, are not grateful for your presence in the Blessed Sacrament. So this is reparation. I stand in for those who do not believe in you, do not hope in you, do not love you, do not adore you in the Blessed Sacrament. So it's a communion of reparation. And actually, I believe it was the angel then who connects this sacred heart devotion, communion yes. of reparation, what I just mentioned, yes. that our Lord proposed to Margaret Mary and us, and now to the Fatima message, because the angel of Fatima... At the third apparition, he brought Holy Communion to the children. Yes. And he left the chalice suspended in the air, the host above. Some drops were uh, falling in, in, in the chalice from the host. Mm -hmm. And then he prostrated himself, forehead to the ground. The children imitated him. And then he prayed this communion of reparation prayer. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. And I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, mm. in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences by which he himself is offended. So here, the angel, he teaches them a, pr a 
uh, prayer of, of Holy Communion of Reparation to make reparation for the sins against the Sacred Heart. And then he goes on, and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the um, immaculate, heart. immaculate heart of Mary Beckerfield, the conversion of poor sinners. Mm -hmm. So here, I think the angel connects yep. sacred heart devotion now to the immaculate heart devotion. Then comes our lady later, one year later, and then she asks, you know, she comes, this was on July 13th, and this was the main apparition where Our Lady received, uh, uh, gave the great secret, which consists of three parts. And the second part of the secret, that's so to say the heart of the whole Fatima message. The first secret was the showing of hell, so the, the vision of hell. The children were shown hell and they were almost frightened to death. Mm. And Our Lady not supported them. And then Our Lady continued... And she said, to save the poor sinners, God wishes to establish in the world devotion to my immaculate heart. If what is done, many souls will be saved and there will be peace. So this is the way to peace in the world and to the salvation of souls. So but in what does this devotion, it's a very simple sentence, but in what does this devotion consist? And this needs to be more explained. Devotion is two parts. Also, um, Pius XI points that out in his encyclical letter, Misrentissimus Redemptor, he points out there are two elements of this devotion to the Sacred Heart, and the same goes for the devotion to the Immaculate Heart. The first is consecration, a special devotion to the Immaculate Heart, and then the second part, which must be added, otherwise this devotion is incomplete. The second part is to offer reparation for the sins against the Immaculate Heart and the Sacred Heart. And therefore, also here Our Lady then asks for Holy Communion of Reparation the five first Saturdays. Beautiful. Father, I, I think of even the Church as liturgically made the Immaculate Heart and Sacred Heart together one day after another, and so they beat together, and so it's so beautiful. One more qu comment about St. Margaret Mary. That was 1675, if we can think back at that time of history, it was the French Revolution that was going on, and men were very far away from God, kind of similar to what we have right now. Absolutely. So I think this Fatima message right now is so important. Father, when we come back from the break, tell us exactly what each person here listening right now can do to participate and really help solve the salvation of souls by making reparation for sacrileges and, and how it applies. Because I think of, you know, even today, uh, I want to show how our prayers in the mystical body of Christ affect people all around the world. Like, for example, the four religious sisters that were kidnapped yesterday in Nigeria. We had a priest on last week talking about how these people are being kidnapped and they're, 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 they're getting a, a lot of money to, to kidnap these people. And so we can pray for them, and our prayers halfway around the world are going to affect them. Or this one young, beautiful young mother, uh, her husband, unfortunately, uh, is Islamic in, in Lebanon, where he put her on fire with her pregnant uh, baby because he didn't want her to have the baby. And this beautiful woman is in the hospital right now, and it's very bleak. I see a picture of her in the hospital, and I think... Why can't we pray for them here in America for things that are happening all over the world? Because 
That's how the mystical body works. We're all in it together. So Our Lady of Fatima is giving and giving us this message now about reparation on Holy Communion. Wait till you hear about this and how you can use it in your own life. One more quick note. This week is the week we are raising funds for matching funds. I think we have another $4,000 to match. So if you want to give us $100, it now is $200. Um, $50 is $100. So you can do that by going to vmpr.org. It says right on the website, matching funds. Click that, and whatever you give, $10 becomes $20. Or if you want to become a monthly donor here, remember I'm sending you hundreds of dollars worth of recordings that I had been recording for the last three or four decades with Scott Hahn and Tim Staples and Father Bill Casey, all these great comment, uh, co- these great content of Catholic teachings so that you can better know your faith. And if you want to do that at just $25 a month, you get that emailed to you as a download. And that's what we want to do is we can make it so that you, a, you are a high information Catholic. Here's an example. Father was at a conference, 1,200, 1,500 people, one or 2% knew about communion of reparation. You're, not, you're now going to know about it much more when we come back here on the Terry and Jesse Show. I'd like to say I'm too blessed to be stressed. I'm too anointed to be disappointed. And if hope was money, I'd be a billionaire. Stay with us, family. You're going to love what we have to say when we come back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Father Wolfgang from the Opus Angelorum is visiting here at the Sacred Heart Chapel. So we asked him to talk about Our Lady of Fatima and different aspects, especially about reparation and of Holy Communion. So, Father, I'm going to turn it right back to you. We all know today uh, the Church and the world is in crisis. You think? <laughs> we know it. Yeah, <laughs> Just as a thinking, we know it, yes. and we see it, and it seems to get worse. And those who are really followers of Christ, nah, who really believe, have the faith, they feel it. Those who do not have the faith, they don't see it. They don't feel it. Only those who are in Christ, they really feel the increasing evil in the world uh, with abortion or all the other evils. And what's the way out? How can we overcome evil in the world? Here we need always to look to the gospel, to our Lord. How did our Lord overcome evil? He became man. He stepped down into our God-forsakenness. Mm-hmm. And his whole life was accompanied by suffering. And then he redeemed us by his death, suffering on the cross. So that is reparation. He paid the price for us. But we also need to collaborate because we are the mystical body of Christ. So what is the most effective means to overcome evil? And that is reparation. Amen. That means there's an excess of evil in the world. How can we overcome this excess of evil? By an excess of love. And what is an excess of love? Jesus said, the one who lays down his life for the friend, even for the enemy, has the greatest love. Mm -hmm. So that was Jesus did on the cross. And now he calls us to have this reparatory love. And the children of Fatima, they were canonized because they offered themselves their lives for the salvation of souls. They had a vision of hell They saw so many souls are going to hell, and they were so frightened Mm -hmm. 
that now they spend their whole life just in sacrificing. And there are three ways to make reparation. Prayer of reparation, like the angel taught in the first apparition. My God, I believe, I adore, and hope, I love you. As part for those who do not believe, do not adore. So there's prayer of reparation. The second was then sacrifice of reparation. Our Lord, uh, or, uh, the angel said, um, make of everything a sacrifice you can. But above all, except the sacrifices God sends you. Mm. So we cannot not go in all the kinds of different sacrifices, but sacrifice is a gift. The cross is a gift. And when we have hardships and we offer it up, when you're in a hospital room, when you are uh, attacked by somebody and uh, he, feels, he makes you feel worthless, he humiliates you, you can now get into anger, bitterness, resentment, and stay in that state of victimhood. Or you can say, I forgive out of love for Jesus and for the salvation of souls. Amen. And every physical suffering you can offer up. All those who cannot be productive anymore in this world, in the sense of the world, you can be tremendously productive in regards to grace. You can save many souls by simply, Lord, I accept my condition, my, 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 my headache or whatever it is. And Jesus, for love of you, for the conversion of sin and the reparation of the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And then the Blessed Mother, she gives us this beautiful prayer. She said to the children, whenever you make, no, very often, but especially when you make a sacrifice, say, Jesus, it is for love of you, for the conversion of sinners and in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart. And we can add here, in reparation for the Sacred Heart and the Immaculate Heart. Mm. So each time when there's a hardship, it starts already in the morning, getting up, the alarm clock rings, and you don't feel like getting up. Jesus, for love of you, for the conversion of sin <laughs> and reparation. And or uh, your, your kids don't clean up a mess, you know, they just walk out. Jesus, for love of you, for the conversion of sin. You make of everything a sacrifice and it becomes gold. It becomes diamond for eternity. Or you can get into self-pity and anger and bitterness and you throw it out in patience and you, you make your own life miserable. So uh, so reparation is really, and then the, the, the crown, the queen of all reparation is communion of uh, reparation. That's the queen. And how does that work, Father? Why is this so powerful? Because we can offer a lot of things to God. I, offer, I can offer him up a 40-day fast, which yeah. is vigorous. I never did it, and I probably will never do. I can offer him up maybe, I give him all my money, you know, like uh, uh, St. Anthony in the desert did. He gave all his possessions away and went in the desert. So I make that a sacrifice, but it's still nothing or few in comparison of a Holy Communion of Reparation. Yep. Because when we receive Holy Communion, it is actually the gift the Father gives us at the end of Mass, after the consecration. So we offer ourselves up in Mass, and then the Father, he gives us his paternal gift, and that is Jesus, and he's God, the God-man. It's the greatest thing we can ever, it's not a thing, it's a person, but we can receive God himself into ourselves. Mm -hmm. And now it's really Jesus, it's really a gift to me, and now can this greatest of all gifts, there's nothing great, it's infinite value. Now I can offer that up to God. I can say, Lord, I offer this up, this communion of reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary, for the Sacred Heart, for the conversion of my kids, for the conversion of our government, for the conversion of the church, and so on. 
and this is a tremendous value of course there are two elements that contribute to the uh, to the value the first is the gift and that is cheese in the blessed sacrament it's infinite yep so the value is infinite but the second element is our disposition our purity of heart how much love do i put into this communion preparation how much surrender you know how much love i put into it and this is second element and then these both two combined make the value of communion preparation. Wow. I think of Fulton Sheen saying every action is like a blank check. If Christ's name is on it, it has infinite value. Father, what you just shared with our listeners really can change. It's a game changer. really is. What yeah. I mean by that is people now can realize they're frustrated. They see all the crummy things that are going on in the world and even in the church. And you go, what can I do? You can do a lot. You can make reparation for that. And, you know, as you know, at each, at the end of each show, I always say, Our Lady said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We now have the antidote really right at our fingertips, and that is make everything a sacrifice. Yes, we can make a sacrifice of everything, even when I eat ice cream, mm-hmm. a sacrifice of Thanksgiving. So everything that we direct to God... Mm-hmm out of love becomes a sacrifice, even the things we like. But of course, the most valuable sacrifices are those who cost us something. And we all know Fatima really, and the message of Fatima, we can realize uh, the key role of our hierarchy, the Holy Father yes. and the bishops. They've really, for, the, for example, the consecration of Russia, they make a lot hard. And also in Portugal, the consecration of mm-hmm. Portugal had to be done by the bishops. Yes. Not by the faithful, but by the bishop. This was the key. Yeah. And this tells us a lot about the key role of the hierarchy. Right. On the other hand, the evil one, he knows that. So what is he doing? He attacks especially our hierarchy. Right. It means all our priests, all our bishops, the Holy Father and so on, he wants to cloud them mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, the, their mind and their heart. And so we faithful... Uh, we cannot take the role of the bishops and the Holy Father, but what we need to do and are obliged to do is that our th- prayers, sacrifice, communion preparation, we clear the way for our bishops and the Holy Father to know God's will for us to make the right decision and courageously make these decisions for the good, for, for salvation of souls and peace in the world. These are often things what they need to do which are diametrically against the spirit of the world. Yes. But they, that the, the power plant for the bishops that they get the grace and the light to do it, to stand up, we faithful, all the faithful are called to offer these prayers, sacrifices, communion preparation, that, uh, the, uh, that the hierarchy can fulfill its mission. Father, we talk about this in our spirituality of Opus Angelorum, the Passio, the, on Thursdays, every Thursday, the day that uh, we got the Holy Eucharist instituted. We got the priesthood instituted. We here at the chapel spend from 7 to 9 a holy hour of reparation, and we pray for our pope, our bishops, and our priests. And I would encourage people who don't live nearby, Father, will you encourage them? What can they do on the, the thir- Holy Thursday, Good Friday? And go, go ahead and tell us a little bit about that, because we got about two minutes. Now, we all are there every Sunday. We celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Right. Now, but we easily forget that every Friday and every Thursday is dedicated to the mystery of our Lord's Passion. Our Lord, he instituted on Thursday two very important sacraments, mm-hmm. the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist and the priesthood. 
But then right away, he entered into his agony, yes. his passion. And as John Paul II uh, pointed out, you know, he was here uh, relating uh, that the disciples were sleeping. And then our Lord rebuked him and he said, this rebuke is an admonition to every disciple of Christ. So every disciple of Christ is called to console, mm. to be with Jesus in spirit in Gethsemane. Wow. That means to carry, to help Jesus carry the burden of man's sin. And that through our love, through our uh, sacrifices, through our prayers, simply being with him and compassionating with him mm -hmm. in his agony and then beneath the cross. So every Friday is a day of penance for us. Therefore, we have to um, um, not eat meat or make another sacrifice. Sure. And often people, they don't know that anymore, don't do it. But every Friday is a remembrance of the passion of our Lord. Also, Amen. the literature of the hours is very strong in that. We have usually all the, uh, a lot of penitential psalms on Friday. So, and that we should really live every Thursday, Friday, we should remember these mysteries, these key mysteries of our faith in our Lord, instituted these two sacraments and entered into his passion. Without passion, without going with our Lord through his passion, in a certain sense, in our way, in our human way, in our condition, in our state of life, we cannot really race with him on Sunday. Well said. As Bishop Sheen would say, without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. That's it. He says it much better than I do. <laughs> no, I just, <laughs> you made me think of Bishop Sheen when you're speaking like that. <laughs> Go to the opusangelorum.org to find out more information on the work of the Holy Angels. And you can actually, I think Father's taking a trip to Fatima next week. Maybe you can consider that in the future also, because that's such a beautiful place to visit. Thanks again, Father Wolfgang, for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Up next, Joe Gallagher. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I hope you enjoyed Father Wolfgang talking on communion of reparation because it's a huge, a huge topic to, to help Holy Mother of the Church. I now have Joe Gallagher from Church Militant with us. Well, we're having a lot of sound. Let's get the sound thing taken care of before we go on. So, Mr. Engineer, go ahead and cut that sound out. Thank you. We'll get Joe on in a minute. I just want to remind you, what you just heard from Father Wolfgang about the message of Fatima, this is so important. Fatima is more important than ever right now, and especially with Church Militant and the church that we're, we're, we're doing. We're trying to make reparation for all these sacrileges that go on in our church, and it's a two-pronged approach. Church Militant is exposing errors that are going on so that the truth can be put forth. I believe I've got Joe now. Joe, are you there, my brother? Yes. How's it going, Terry? Well, Sorry about that. It sounded like you were in a cave, my brother, from another mother. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're I was good having man. trouble hearing you. Yeah, I can hear you now, brother. Hey, listen, uh, two things. We want to talk about the news that you guys do every single day to get people updated on what's happening in the church. I, I look at it this way. Every time I hear about these errors that are going on and these to make reparation, to pray for the conversion of sinners— uh, you're doing a great service for that. Now, uh, we have three stories that we cover with you on Wednesdays. What's your first story that we're going to be teasing us about? Thank you for asking, sir. First story tonight are uh, Fairfax County Public Schools 
have been hosting these training programs, mandatory for teachers, that essentially highlight the uh, the uh, highlight equity and encourage teachers and teach teachers that children, their students, do not need to seek their parents' permission when wanting to be referred to as a different name or using different pronouns or whether or not they wanted to use a different bathroom or locker room at school. The parents don't need to know that. That can be just between the teacher and the, uh, and the child. Well, I hope the 800-pound gorilla mama jumps on that because this is ridiculous that they're doing this. And not only in Fairfax County, I'm in California and I'm hearing this happening all the time. And it, it, it takes people like good people to stand up and say, not on my watch. You're not going to do that to my child. So by you exposing this, Joe, on for Church Militant, it should really awaken that 800 pound gorilla. Oh, blessed be God. You know, that's that's the whole the whole point of sharing the knowledge is for people to begin acting upon it because yep. if you just know it, it doesn't really mean much if you don't use anything or do anything with that knowledge that has been given to you. So absolutely, we encourage people to get involved, to go to these local school board meetings and to start getting some recalls going for, the, for that Fairfax County School Board and get these people that think it's okay to, to essentially facilitate in the uh, destruction of the upcoming generations to get them out of office. Amen to that. What's up next after that, Joe? Next, okay, uh, in New Jersey, we have two stories coming out of New Jersey, this one and the one uh, just, uh, that we'll be sharing afterwards. A uh, teacher's union released a smear tactic campaign calling parents extremists, trying to get involved in this narrative. So essentially what we just encourage yeah. people to do constitutes them to be extremists, according to this New Jersey's teacher union. Wow, well, God love them. And the battle is on, and this is really uh, something that parents have a God-given right to defend the children. And so I'm, I commend the parents who stand up for their kids. We need to continue to do that. Joe, what, what, what else can we do to these, because um, I have a suggestion, but what can we do to these school boards that, I mean, vote them out? Can we, can we, what, what else can we do to, to get these people out of positions of power? Oh, well, obviously, the, the, you know, going through the actual process, the election process, the recall process, familiarizing yourselves through the legal standards and requirements to get those people out of office and to put better people in, of course. But as you mentioned before, Terry, all of that is on the, you know, the temporal plane. That's the fundamental, the foundational. Sure. None of that will actually come into effect or be as fruitful as it could be unless we are, of course, praying, Amen. sacrificing for those individuals. Well said. That's what we just talked about, Our Lady of Fatima's peace plan. Mm -hmm. All right, Joe, what's the third topic, brother? Staying in New Jersey. Yes, by the way, Father Wolfgang is awesome, a very, very holy priest. I had the, the uh, pleasure of having him hear some of my confessions growing oh, up. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> oh, that's God bless amazing. Father Wolfgang. Uh, so the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association, they're— uh, they're not necessarily a type of township. They, it was ruled that they didn't, they didn't operate in that capacity during a uh, ruling with the New Jersey Supreme Court after a whole bunch of different lawsuits, but they still have a lot of sway within their uh, region mm -hmm. along the coast, along the Atlantic. And they are building, rebuilding a pier that was destroyed by a hurricane a, hurricane a few years ago mm -hmm. in the shape of a cross. Awesome. And blessed be God, right? Yeah, but unfortunately... Yeah. The uh, not-so-Christian left, putting mm -hmm. it lightly, is not too happy about that. Amazing. And so the discussion is, are people going to push push back against this? What's interesting, though, Terry, is uh, 
this, when they were asked if this was an intentional construction for it to look like a, a cross, the committee's just saying it's, it was designed for functionality and it's going to function as it was designed to, to function. I mean, they, they kind of went back and forth on it. It's an interesting answer. All they're saying is, we built this pier and this is how we're going to build this pier. And if it looks like a cross, then it looks like a cross. Yeah, I love it. Hey, Joe, give us an update on your major conference from last weekend, because I think people can still watch it on the uh, Internet. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, first off, blessed be God. Uh, I, I firmly believe the Holy Spirit was active during our three-day convention. We had panels on Saturday talking about affecting the culture, and every single panelist always brought back in the aspect of the faith, of serving our Lord and what He wants of us. And no public office, no activism program or initiative is going to meet its fullest potential unless it's oriented towards the salvation of souls and the greater glory of God. And on Sunday, we were talking about how you can, how you can practice your faith, both in the church when it comes to canonical battles, whether you have your own apostolate and it's independent from the di archdiocese or diocese, or receiving Holy Communion on the tongue, yes. or forced vaccination mandates, we talked about that. Restoring reverence in the Novus Ordo parishes that don't operate in a very reverent manner when it comes to the sacrifice of the Mass. All of those things to give people the how-tos, the tangibles to affect change. And a little story, if I may, there, during a... Uh, a panel on Saturday, there was a discussion from our fighters panel, actually, talking about, yo, you know, you need to get involved. Don't be afraid to join a local school board or to get involved in your county's politics, whatever it is. Just don't be afraid to get involved. And an attendee came up to me and she showed me her phone. And she said that while she was watching this panel and they're talking about the school board, she was also half listening, half in prayer, saying, you know, God, what do you want from me? What, how can I get involved? Should I do this? Yeah. Her phone buzzed during that panel. Oh my God. And it was an invitation from a friend of hers back home saying, hey, so-and-so, we just found out that we have nobody running on the Republican ticket for, count, uh, for, the, uh, <laughs> for the school board. Would you consider running? That type of thing was going on throughout the convention. So blessed be God for everybody to attend, who attended. That is awesome. That's God's providence there, Joe. How can people, uh, do they have access to watch the actual event? At, you know, in other words, I, I thought you guys were going to put this on uh, streaming. Is that possible or am I on to something there? Sure. So uh, we talked about having it streamed yeah. live, but we, we really believed if people are able to attend, we encourage them to attend. Yeah. You're going to get the most out of this if you're actually yeah. there. It will be, um, it's right now being edited. It will sure. be released shortly for yeah. anybody who is a premium member for churchmilitant.com to watch yeah. all of the panels and talks. Well, Joe, I'm going to ask you to, lead, to, to share right now with me. So I want to thank you for what you guys are doing, but I want to pray a prayer of the Angels Eucharistic Prayer uh, in, uh, at Fatima. And uh, this is a prayer of reparation for the sacrileges that are going on in the world and in the church. In the name of the mm -hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore you profoundly. I offer you the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ present in all the tabernacles of the world in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences with which he himself is offered and through the infinite merit of his most sacred heart and immaculate heart of Mary, I beg you the conversion of poor sinners. This is another action that we can take place in our lives. And also, I love the angel pardon prayer that was back in 1916 about the Eucharist. It says, My God, 
I believe, I adore, and I hope, and I love you, and I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, and do not hope, and do not love you. This is mm-hmm. another element of church militant, because I've been to your chapel. You guys pray these prayers. You guys have a deep spirituality that maybe some people not might not realize when you're doing the news, but I guarantee you the prayer life of every single employee there, I've witnessed it. It's very profound and very, very Catholic and traditional. So I want to encourage people to watch the news every single night, Monday through Friday. Joe, your final thoughts? No, I'm just... Please continue to keep Church Militant and all the apostolates who are involved in Catholic media trying to bring the truth of Christ to the world, to keep every person, everyone in the Church Militant in your prayers. Uh, obviously, as you mentioned, Terry, if the interior life is not constantly right. being cultivated and worked on, That's everything right. else is uh, in vain do the builders labor. How Amen. That? <laughs> That's well said to go on. Joe, thanks again. We'll look forward to having you again next week. I'll be on uh, I'll be on a fishing trip with my son, but Jesse will be covering for me. So we'll we'll be back next week with you again, brother. Hope you hook some big ones. Good, good luck. <laughs> well, I hope I have good conversations with my son. That's the I'm not much of a fisherman, but I sure like being with my boys fishing because it's a good time to talk about the most important things of life. Thanks again, yeah. Joe. God love you. Folks, if Jesse was here, I'd ask him, what state should we be living in? And I'd say, Jess, what is it? And he'd come back and say, the state of grace. And I'd say, you're absolutely right, Jess. And I would also say, remember what Our Lady said? And we talked about Our Lady of Fatima most of the show today, about reparation of communion, everything we can offer as a sacrifice. And I want to just encourage you. Our Lady said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Well, we can all participate in that. We might not all be able to go out to abortion clinics and pray. We can sure pray at home. We can offer everything up as a sacrifice. And I want to end with the prayer from, uh, from Charles de Facold. He said, Father, I abandon myself into your hands. Do with me what you will. Whatever you may do, I thank you, and I'm ready for it all. I accept it all. Again, I want to thank everybody this week. Our fundraising matching funds are going great. I think we're about $3,000 away from matching the $10,000 donor. That means we'll raise $20,000. That's a lot for our little ministry. (laughs) If you haven't had a chance to donate, go to vmpr.org or call us at 877-526-2151. Or you can even call me on my cell phone. Nobody gives their cell phone out on the radio except this bald-headed lover, Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. My number is 661-972-7872. Look forward to chatting. If you have a question on the faith, I'm here for you. May God bless you. And thanks again for supporting vmpr.org. And as the screen says, full sheen ahead here at Virgin Coast Talk Radio. Up next, Dr. Sandoval. Stay with us or get our app. Excuse me, Matthew Arnold is up today. It's Wednesday. May God bless you and your family.